I'm Tommy Beardmore. I'm Adam DiCarlo. And welcome to Before the Break, a podcast for actors, by actors, brought to you by Working Actor Pro. Okay, welcome back to another episode of Before the Break. This week, we're excited to meet our guest. He's appeared in over 100 commercials, as well as a slew of films and such shows as The After Party, Rutherford Falls, Station 19, Insecure, Why Women Kill, and the brand new season of Never Have I Ever on Netflix. Please welcome to the show, David Banks. Hey, guys. Hi, David. How we doing? Ah, David, thanks for being here. Um, Pleasure. For, for those uh, the, for those who are listening, um, David has um, a trucker hat on, a very cool tee, a wonderful mustache, and two, <laughs> but definitely one dimple that's very very charming and uh, is a wonderful addition to your facial structure. If I can say that, thank you. So much. I need all the improvement <laughs> I can get. Thank you so much, <laughs> or all the oh distraction my. I can get. I just like to illustrate who we're talking to. Sometimes people are just listening and it's less the video and they're just like, who is this person? So, um, so, so David, uh, thank you so much for being here. You know, I think because uh, Adam and I, um, were more New York based or at least for a little while that I was, a lot of our actor, uh, guests, um, have a lot of theater in their background if they even are in film and TV. And, you know, going through a little research with you, I noticed that there isn't as much presence in theater. Have you always had an interest and kind of focus on the on-camera side? Yeah. I think to me, it was more of a fear, you know, it was just all that, Mm. wow, how am I going to memorize an hour plus of dialogue? Do I have it in me? I was always, it was just something that definitely was something I wanted to do, but it was, again, it was, I think based out of fear. And I think it was Pacino. That's why they rehearsed for months on end. Yes, I know. And I think I never forget uh, Pacino once said when you're walking in the theater, okay, you're on, you're on a tightrope and there's no net to catch you. You're on TV and film. You're walking a line on the ground. You fall, you get back up. You're fine. It's fine. You know, that's, so it's, it's really that again, that, okay, wh- am, am I going to do it? But like you just said, months and months of practice and so forth, I'm sure it would be fine. And I, and at some point I would love to give it a go. I think they see, do what scares you. I, I did the stand up thing and I was absolutely horrible. Um, <laughs> you know, so I was like, well, okay. But, but it did break the nerves down and that helped a lot. Getting up in front of a room definitely made things kind of calm down. Cause I was one of those guys that was super, terrified nervous in any of these rooms that were filled with anything more than two people you've got the ad agent the writer the client the producer the session director the, the you know the casting director and you've got a big group of people i i i was doing this i was i would freeze every single time and i was just praying for those nerves to somehow go away and, you know slowly after time they do they go away but i think something like theater would have definitely sent me over the edge of you know being a little bit too yeah too scared i i had the same exact thing i had the same exact thing i i had a natural instinct to on camera film and tv world media and all that when i took in high school that was automatically an interesting thing but what did make the 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 decision it really was kind of um perhaps it's fear for us but also maybe it's just 
everybody has their lane. And if you were destined to be, I, I know that tons of theater actors are scared shitless at certain points in their job, you sure. know, but I think for maybe people like us that we are specifically called for something and yeah, maybe there's fear, but it's also like, it just rubs me differently than on camera and to own that yeah. sort of truth. And again, like you can always say, Hey, Maybe I'm going to hop on stage like five, ten years from now when I just want to try some new stuff. And you're going to realize, oh, dude, I can jump into this just as easily as I could for on camera. But I know that on, on but that theater actors do say the same thing about on camera actors, about the sure. fear of what do I do with all these people? And is <laughs> acting is so different? The whole style is different? What would I do? Well, I think it is. It is. You know, I, I love what you said, picking and choosing your lane. I think I tend to stay in the right lane going super slow. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's just my pace. Yeah. I'm like, okay. And everybody else is whizzing by me in the theater lane doing their thing. And I respect it. I really do. And I, yeah, those things were, you know what I mean? I watch, I'm like, wow, I would love to at some point dive into that. And a lot of guys break away from the TV and film and go back to their roots. And I think that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And you do, let's face it, uh, have, have stage experience. And while we're talking about those nerves dissipating, I mean, how easy is it to to watch as the self-consciousness and the second guessing and the nerves drip away when you are in and really in some sort of improv world, whether that's I.O. in Chicago, uh, UCB in the East, and the groundlings like you attended in the West. Can mm -hmm. you talk about the significance of, of that uh, little extra tool in your Swiss Army knife? <laughs> I like that. It brings it back to that knife we had with the little toothpick and the tweezers coming out and all the little the tools. Right. Yeah, and I, I think it does add to your little tool shed. hundred percent. I I heard a casting director say this once in a room. Uh, he was giving a group explanation, and there was about probably six or seven of us. And one of the girls said, "Hey, um, question: Are we allowed to improv?" And you know, he said, "He goes, well, do you want to book the job?" You know, and it, I think. And I just, you know, a lot of us laughed and it's true because I think if you're, you know, you're given a little script, right? We're all given the same dialogue, the same lines, but when you start making it your own and you have that, you're calm, you're comfortable, you're confident, you're in control, you're in that room. And you not only, I don't want to say butcher the writing because that's never, never a good thing to do. You don't want to um, destroy what the writer has put down on paper, but you want to add to it. And as they say, make it your own, make it unique, make your own make it your own sense of style, what you would do naturally. Uh, it just makes it, it makes you stand out. I think it's you're the vessel. real way to stand out. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like you are the certain vase or whatever it is, the car, the thing, the, the vessel of whatever art you're creating. And it's going to, whether it's a flute or a sax, the wind is going to sound differently. Um, yeah. So, you know, that's something that I learned kind of later in, in my professional life was that I thought that, you gave me the the script and that's a hundred percent of what I need to do. No, the script's given and that's about 40% of the work. You're bringing the extra 60, you're bringing the color and the life and all the extra stuff that got you the job. But it's Absolutely. like in, in improv, you're doing six shows a, a, a week, bar prov, trying to get the attention of drunken like Chicagoans <laughs> or, 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 you know, you're at whatever outlet you're in and you're doing that for so long you know, you really find a way to think and think fast and be confident in even just your presence because there's nothing as fucking terrifying as coming up for 30 minutes while there's an NBC scout in the audience and, and having a killer show and having no idea what's going to happen. Absolutely. And it's think, like you said, thinking fast, funny, on your feet, fresh, something that comes to mind. And I always, 
I guess I, I cheat a little bit because I always have at least two to three tags, buttons and things I'm going to say at the end in my little, in my tool shed, you know, but I've also trust myself to listen to my scene partner, listen to the director, throwing different things at me. Hey, when you hit your mark, walk over here, then do this, then say this. And then when you come over here, then say the dialogue, but bring it down a little bit, make it more deadpan. So you've got all these things kind of coming at you, different paces and speeds and directions. And oh my gosh, and I got to memorize the dialogue too. Holy cow. But I... I think it was this is why said, theater theater people are afraid of on camera. This is why. Yeah, yeah. I think that, you yeah. know. Anyway, go ahead. No, <laughs> but no, it's a it lot. Makes, it's it a makes, lot. It totally makes sense. And I think it, it's just one of those things where D'Onofrio said once, and I'll never forget this. A friend of mine told me this in an interview, and I loved I put this in my little mental bank here. He goes, I'm no different than anybody else. I just have a little more experience. So, you know, the more we do this, the more times, you know, we, we get up in these rooms and we bomb, embrace those bombing, because there will be a point where it's just the bombing is gone, the nerves are gone, the confidence is even higher, never trespassing into arrogance, obviously, but just confident, in control, taking direction. I was never able to take direction because I was so terrified and so nervous, and the ADHD kicked in, and I was like, yeah, yeah, I got what you're saying, yeah, I got it, let's do it, okay, oh, I hope I don't forget, oh, I forgot, boom, done, sucks. And then I drive home and I think, ah, oh, what are you doing, dude? You're in the wrong business. What is, what is going on? You can't listen. You can't memorize. You're off. You're not even off book. Even though I was for six to seven hours prior to this in the car, I had the greatest audition. Everything was smoking. I'm like, in the car, I had the greatest audition. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's what they say. You always have the best auditions on the way home in the car. <laughs> right. I, right. I, last night, and while we were reading lines before we like taped, had it cold, was solid, and then we did it, and it went amazing. Yeah, full. It, yeah, and that's you know that's that's supposed to happen to all of us. It really is. That's you know in, in the you beginning. You are a hundred percent right. Absolutely right, David. Because I mean, there are many reasons I think, but but one of them is when you get to that point where you're walking into a very important room with a very large amount of important people that normally yeah. any civilian would would just kind of crumble that in that pressure sure. it's i think the stress and the and the darkness and the falling to the ground striking out and all that stuff before leads you into this feeling of not power but I deserve to be here. I'm competent. I can handle this. None of these people understand what it took to get here. And almost like your power is taken over. Um, and that's how you can kind of really perform in that room. And I don't just mean oh, in the scene. Yeah. I just mean to handle it all. I think that you have to have a, a bad run of strikes in order to really feel like you deserve to be here. Oh, yeah. No one gets up and just bowls the perfect strike every time. You've got to hit the gutter right. balls, the one pin down, the, you know, slipping and falling along the way, going over the line, all the things that are just, nope, that's not right. That's not right. But you learn. But I think someone told me in a room once, and they, I, I'm sure they could probably feel and smell my nerves a mile away. This is several years ago. But she goes, listen, you know what? We're, we're on your side. We want you to be the one. We want you to get this. I'm like, oh, really? Yep. Like, you know what I mean? Yep. It was that simple of a click. Like, Oh, they truly do. They want to be. They I want heard to that the right a one. lot, David, but I never understood it. Like I heard that so many times. They want you to succeed, and I'm like, yeah, what they. But I think until I started to like cast, things changed because in the room, when someone comes in as a person, as a human being, casting this film, I am so excited to be moved 
by whatever's yeah. coming through. And I, my heart mm -hmm. is open to being moved emotionally by something wonderful. And so when, when someone comes in, they need to kind of consider me as primed and ready to receive. Yes, and and I yes. think until that point, I was coming in with like the horns out. I got to prove myself. I got to no, no, no. <laughs> They're ready to be to be emoted. You don't even have to do much. In fact, the less you oh. do, the more powerful you will be. And when you yeah. then experience just how powerful you can be, and that they do want to not only you to get the job but also to be moved, then it's just so easy. You're walking into rooms like ready to dance because they they oh, want yeah. you to dance. And it know? just takes sometimes just a nice that just that little extra mile of going forward and saying, Hey, you know what? We want to be the right. Oh my God. Okay. That helped a lot. I had a, a casting director once say, Hey, you know what? And this helped a lot. They said, Hey, we've already got something really good on tape. Let's just do one more for fun. And that to me was when I'd always give my best version of me. Cause I knew in the back of my mind, okay, the nerves are kind of gone now because you already have one good, super solid read on tape. Now you're letting me play. Awesome. Let's play. And that's usually when you get the best take. I even had a cast director do this once where, Hey, we're going to go ahead and just practice one. I'm not going to put it on tape. Just, just practice it. Let's see where you're at. He, it turned out he was taping it. And at the end, he goes, you know what? We're good. We're done. I'm like, what do you mean? That was just practice. He goes, no, that was perfect. Exactly what I wanted. Cool. Next. I'm like, oh, okay. So it was one of those things where, because again, since I knew I wasn't being taped, there was no pressure. There was no stress. There was no nerves. I felt really comfortable. He wasn't even looking. He was pretending he's doing his own thing. And oh yeah, great. Okay. And it turns out he taped the whole thing and it worked. It was amazing. I'm see? Like, oh, that was great. Isn't that incredible? I mean, I, I just yeah. came from golfing and, and I had a bunch of really shit. I couldn't save par to save my life. And when I stopped caring <laughs> and I just walked up to the ball and I did it, it went perfectly. And so, you know, same in the audition room. Like once you, and it's great because when actors start to book, that's when they start to book more because they don't need yes. to make the rent. It's already made and they yes. don't need to prove they're, they're worthy of a guest star because they did it. Like there's nothing to prove and it's all freedom. And you're always going to shoot straight when you're not really in your head. So don't you agree? Like the audition process and everything about it is all mental. It's all controllable, I think, by the act. Oh, yeah. And over time, the more you do, you can control it. And it is what you said. It's the work that gets work. You know, work generates more work. It's We, we all hear that. And it's true because when you're on fire and you're working and you're booking and you're doing things, it's just energy you put out. The nerves just really go away at that point. I think what happens for many of us, and I know you can agree with, and you can relate to this, but I think when a week hits two weeks to three weeks to four weeks to a month, if not more, two months or longer, and you haven't booked anything and you and nothing's going on, the nerves kind of creep back in and then the fear creeps back in. And then this, like you said, mm -hmm. plays tricks on you again. What's going on? Is comedy changed? Is your comedy different? Are they not accepting your comedy comedy? Because comedy, I always say, changes so often. It was before it was, I was watching the um, Chris Farley documentary which is just mm. heartbreaking but the guy was so mm. funny and he was and what they said about it because he's so likable but that kind of over the top kind of humor which i love kind of tended you know that jim carrey and john candy was the thing for a while then it became if you noticed more deadpan comedy that now it's more sarcastic jason bateman type like what they call relatable comedy um just two guys kind of it's just interesting back and forth. Mm -hmm. it, it does. There's trends like everything. I mean, you don't see an anchor man yep. being done right now. It's just, you know, no. see liar, liar being done. Right. It's just a uh, times change. And, and I think as we um, progress and advance with, you know, information, I think evolution has never been quicker. And so I think styles of comedy will go out of style faster. 
Yes, I find myself looking at the dates of the comedy. I'll scroll through YouTube or Netflix. I'm like, oh, cool. This looks like a nice one. Oh, what is this? Oh, 2005. Oh, okay. So I know what I'm getting when it says 2005 mm. versus 2022 comedy and so forth. So it's interesting. Um, oh, my God. Yeah. We we had a scary movie on the other day, and it was like, what the fuck is this? Yes. You None of this would be in a movie right now. None of it. It's such a yeah. specific style. And oh my God, the things that were coming out of their mouth, it was like, whoa. It was like 20 yeah. years ago, but oh my God, very different. Oh, the, the stuff they could get away with back then, because I think right. people weren't as sensitive. And it's, it's, it's kind of unfortunate because comedians can't even really be comedians anymore without offending someone. And, you know, I always yeah. tread lightly with what I say, but the problem is my mouth my mouth works a little bit faster than my mind. It's got to catch up sometimes. So I, sometimes I say things that I spit it. I'm like, Oh, I shouldn't have said that. Uh Oh, did I send someone? Oh, hold on. Let me backtrack. But it's too late. Right. <laughs> you know, like, Oh, okay. You know, comedy is actually, you know, we got to specific about fears. I, you know, I have a, I was doing comedy for five, some years in the 2010 to it's about 2015. And now it seems like a waters that I, am very fearful of getting into just because I'm, I went to a stand-up show um, in Malibu on the beach. It was amazing. Great people. Um, but you know, they were surprisingly, it was surprisingly free about what they wow, wanted. And okay. I, I was like, wow, I haven't seen this. I haven't, I had really missed it. Um, not like the, <laughs> not the uh, insults or anything like that, but simply the freedom to let especially in comedy um, to follow the funny and like to create and discover and all that stuff. It seems that it's a little constricting now and people are kind of a little careful. Yeah. And, and I mean, I, and I do miss the days where I remember, I remember seeing Andrew Dice Clay, who was like the king of cutting uh, uh, you down, of putting oh you down, making God. you feel like crap. And I like hickory dickory doc. Yeah. I mean, you know, the whole and then deal. he rhymed it's, doc with, with, yeah clock <laughs> clock struck two a drop i go drop the girl off the next block yeah yeah and it was just like right. and you can't forget those things. it's really funny the the fables oh that were just like x-rated and it's but i didn't know any better I, I ended up seeing him at a small comedy club near my house and i thought oh great look at that there's all these seats in the front that are open this is so cool and little did i know if you're sitting in front guess what you're gonna get just terrorized and the first thing he does is he looks right at me and he goes wow they say people look like they're dogs you must have an ugly fucking dog. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I'm going to switch back to the back. Oh, the, all the back seats are taken. Now I get it. So I'm just sitting there in the front. And I can take a joke. I can take it. But after a while, they're like picking out your character defects and everything. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Maybe I really am hideous. Jeez. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I mean, you know, that's it's things are changing. And again, evolving and things are going fast. So, you know, it, it is important if you're plugged into comedy to understand like where things are too, you know, I mean, it's quite easy to, for a person to get kind of pushed to the side if they're, um, if they're, if they're um, unaware of kind of how things, how things are changing. Um, so with comedy, uh, I guess I, I beg the question, um, is drama something that, that you, you have done and want to do or, um, do you do you choose a specific niche? Are you open to doing kind of the darker stuff? Yeah, I think, and that's kind of where it's shifting too. Um, you know, it, it's kind of nice because again, I've I've 
worked so hard to get to this level of, I guess, finding what they say your niche is, what your specialty is, what, you know, and you've heard a lot of actors say, well, I don't want to be stereotyped. Well, no, sure you do. In the beginning stages, <laughs> getting so they can, you know, write things for you or you can be, as they say, the perfect fit for a job. I know when I see a certain breakdown that says either sleazy, creepy, weird, odd, dorky, nerdy, dipshit guy. Cool. Sweet. Right on. Let's do it. Let's have fun. Um, I've yet to go down the the dark, deep, dramatic path yet, but I'm starting to see a little bit more of that kind of come my way in terms of um, auditions. So it's a nice, fun challenge. I do. Are you liking it? I have it? done it. I'm liking it a lot. Yeah, I, I really do. Because it's something, again, it's a nice little challenge because I'm so used to being the weird dude. And, but to play it, you know, as if right. they say, play it straight. I just had, an, you know, another agency meeting with um, a team out in Atlanta. And that was the first question. They said, well, our question is, can you play it straight? Can you play just the throw it away? Just the guy coming in, delivering the pizza. Very matter of fact. I'm like, yeah, yeah, no, it's that's totally. I just, I mean, I'm sure the mustache and the weird look is throwing you off a tad, but yeah, I can, yeah, weird. <laughs> I can play luck, the normal, please. the normal dude. Well, you know, I mean, listen, I thought that comedy was the fun and easy thing, but then I learned, like, I think it was New York. Someone told me, oh, comedy is harder than drama. So I feel, I mean, if that's true, and I think I believe that now, if you can do comedy then you can easily do drama. You know, the truth is really there. You're, the, the muscles of timing and understanding energy and the quick thinking and the tying it around, and it's extremely difficult to really do it successfully. I, oh, I, yeah, I, I think if you do it, what, if you, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was just saying, they say dying is easy. Comedy is the hard part. I heard that years ago, and I was like, what does that mean? Oh, I get it. Yeah, yeah. I mean. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Um, okay. So, so, um, let's, let's quickly talk. I'd love to hear just about, about college and then through and, and how things began for you. You, um, you're a West coast man, right? Yeah. Petaluma, California. That's it. Yeah. Is it, a, that's a small town. Yes. Oh, it's, it's the tiniest of towns. Uh, looking back, very, very happy to be, you know, to be growing up in a town like that. I don't think I would have survived with my big mouth being in LA. I probably would have been capped several years ago but right, yeah, I, right. I, I learned to be the fastest runner at my school because i had the biggest mouth um <laughs> not always a good thing but it was you know again and it's truly one of those towns where you go to get your mail and hey bob hey peter hey chris hey john everybody knows everybody and it's i which yeah. i loved you know out here it's it's a different pace in la obviously i mean you could have a neighbor for 20 years and not even know their name or even talk to them it's weird it's really it's it was something to kind of get used to um mm -hmm. But, but it's also kind of nice because you can do your own thing and not, I don't know, there was a, a little bit of judgment out yeah. there because everybody knew you and what you were into, what your business was, who you were dating. Here, you can really just You've do got your, your thing, anonymity you know? a little bit, you know. Absolutely. And, and I'm actually in a town not like that. It's a, it's a bigger bigger town, I guess, but it is a very, everybody knows you. I just came from my brother's wedding and it was, you knew every single person there, this person works for, or doing the shower, the flowers, and it's a cousin of this person. Everybody's, you know, and I, I'm here and I'm missing that life that I grew up in. And, yeah. you know, if you've ever been to New York and LA, nobody is from New York and LA. Everybody, you know, has a dream and they come to this place. And I wonder, do you feel, um, Granted, everybody feels a little out of place during their whole lifetime, but do you feel like you miss that? Like it's something that you are missing or do you feel like being in LA aside from the work that it's giving you that like fulfillment? I think it's, you know, it's, it's a nice next chapter. Cause I think for me, the older I get, the more of a homebody 
I am. I think it was it was Big great time. when I first came to LA. You know, it was like clubbing on every corner. There was the after hours thing, and there was just like massive amounts of parties any day of the week. And I, I don't regret it. I had a lot of fun. It was great. I sure. think you know people should get that out of your out of their system in their early twenties, and sometimes people go a little bit later. But I think it was a great place for me because again, I came here not knowing a single soul. So my going out and going to you know, concerts and venues like that and clubs and all that stuff. You know, I met a lot of really awesome people. And then now that I get a little older, it's kind of nice to have that anonymity, like you said, just kind of just to be able to sit inside your place and just chill. And, you know, I, I don't really do a lot. You know, I'm pretty much, like I said, kind of a homebody now, which is completely shifted for the way I used to be. But I think maybe in a retiring kind of thing, I think I could probably, I would probably go back there as I, you know, retire. Um, cause again, there's certain elements that you do miss, of course, obviously people stopping and talk to you and saying hi, cause they really care versus like, hi, what can I get from you? What are you going to do for me? How can you help me? That kind of deal. There's a big yeah. difference yeah. in New York. We don't know our neighbors. Right. We're like, right. Get what, do you want to, what are you trying to get sell away from me? me? What are you going? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I just want to walk my you dog. Yearn for that. As you get older, you yearn for that truth and connection. And, um, that's why, you know, I mean, I think of acting as like somewhat of a fellowship that's relatable to a church. It's like you're, you're connected to these people and you know, you luckily you had those twenties to like, like you said, if you're, if you're an actor and you're in your twenties and you're in a new market, get out there and go to those clubs and bar. These people are going to be your friends. And then when things kind of die down, you can sort of retreat to your place and those, the good people filter down into your really close net, which is kind of what happens as you get older as well. Um, so you you got to you got to LA and uh, can you talk a little about um, college or or specific workshops that you did um, that started you off? Yeah, no, I I dug very deep into very fast because I I learned all the auditions I went on that with zero results, no no callbacks, no pins, no avails, no holds, certainly no bookings for several years. And that was just to me. Hear I was that? Like, Gosh, what is, oh. <laughs> That's the thing. Yeah, three years. That's it happens, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, five for me actually of nothing. Just terrifying. Like wow. So after getting fired from a top notch, I mean, one of the best agents, I got in there. Luckily, I got in there, but it didn't matter because obviously I didn't have the chops or the talent or the confidence to you know to provide anything. So I, I went, well, what am I going to do at that point after they fired me said, listen, Hey, we're just parting ways. This isn't working. Sorry. I'm like, Oh, I jumped on stage. I did stand up. I went to the groundlings. I took a commercial workshop. I took a scene study class and I was doing all of this five days a week. You know, it was just insane. But and I was David, determined. what age are we at during this time period? I was, I was a late bloomer. I was 27 when that happened. Okay. Yeah. So I wasn't like a child kid or, thinking I'm going to do this in my early twenties, certainly. And I'm noticing guys all around me that are much better looking, much more talented, you know, way more chops, way more experience, you know, summer stock and everything else. And gone to, you know, went to Harvard. I got right. a degree. I'm like, Whoa, Whoa, Whoa. Okay. I'm just going to sneak out of this room right now. <laughs> I don't belong here. And I felt that for years. And I think the only way I can actually feel like I would belong is to be someone at that level and at least break the nerves. That was my only thing. I just wanted to break the nerves. I wanted to be out of that zone of just being terrified where I would, I mean, my lips would get dry. My knees would shake. I would hold the script and it would just be like this the whole time. And it was, it was terrifying. I, it wasn't enjoyable. I didn't, I didn't like any side of it at all. I just wanted to get out of that room. 
The minute I got in the room, I just wanted to what get out. Made be you, in my car the way home. What made you continue and not go home? All the no's. I was just determined to get a yes at some point, no matter how long I mean, it I took. Got, I got to commend you. Like when you're, you've gotten to this place, you're from this other place. You, you are struggling to book. So the bookings aren't happening. Everyone else around you is like the more handsome and the better they went to Juilliard or whatever. They did all these other things and they're real pros and they're real good. And then, um, and the fact that, you know, you're at, you're in your late twenties at this point, it's really hard to keep up with the, you know, it's just, it's, 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 it's especially disheartening in those, in those five years. And I got to say like the fact that you just kept coming back any 99.9% of people would say, this is a sign I'm going home. This is not for me. And look at what happens when yep. you just keep going and you really do. That's the truth. The, the You're speaking your truth. You're following your heart. And look what happened. Yeah, I mean, and you're right. Any normal, sane person would say, hey, you know what? Hey, <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> and, I, I, and that kind of goes to show you I'm not really – I'm probably not really that normal and that sane and that all – together as like, you know what I mean? We <laughs> do, we do have to be a little, I mean, let's be honest. We're a little insane in the best way possible. I think, you know, our rocker. Yeah. And I think it's one of those things where we know this going forward. I've come to terms with it. I've, I agree with it. I accept it. I embrace it. I'm a little off, a little funky, a little weird. I totally get it. You know, and it's just, we don't ever want to admit that, but I'm, I'm okay with that now. And I accept it. <laughs> I would like to say that, that this is actually the normal. And anyone who is considered normal or like, you know, living the kind of conventional lifestyle and ideals and literally just opposite of us, maybe that's abnormal. Maybe everybody wants to be that fearless and maybe like everybody that. wants to have an adventure and maybe everybody wants to throw caution to the wind and jump off the cliff and do all these things that we do on a natural everyday basis. I'm not saying that any life is better than the next, but I am saying I think that an artist gets a kind of a bad rap for being nuts. But really, I think like they're the saniest people I've ever met, truly, because they're literally living life. That is what life is. I like I love that. I it's funny because I I remember several years ago um, on a date and the girl asked, like, you know, what uh, what do you what do you do for a living? And of course, back then I was all proud. Oh, I'm an actor. You know, and she's like, oh, I, I don't do that. I don't date actors and i'm like oh gosh what 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 okay <laughs> you know and it's one of those things where now i don't blame her but you know i'm also thinking well she's probably had a bad experience because many of us like i said are a little bit cuckoo a little off our rocker and i totally right. respect that you know and i think a lot of relationships that i'm seeing working right now and that work for me specifically is we're not doing the same thing we're not competing we're not in the same field we do completely different things in our life and it's great because it also gives us something to talk about at the end of the end of the night, how was your day? I did this and this and this, and how was yours? Oh, I did this and this, and it's something exciting. I mean, hats off to the people that can make it work that are two actors that, that are dating happily and it works. That's awesome. That just wasn't for me. And <laughs> you know, and again, yeah, you've got this. It's like two rams butting heads. I want to be heard. I want to be heard. I want to be funnier. I want to be better. I want to be working more. I want to be. It's like whoa, whoa. <laughs> you know, it's a little bit too much at times. And I think, yeah. and again, everybody's different. We all have our own little thing that we that we like and that works for us and i'm just I, i'm fascinated by that and i love it when i see the longevity of people that are that are working and staying together because it is tough it is it is the most competitive thing out there 
ever. And they, I think I heard this once. Someone said at, at any given time, everybody in their life has either thought about, fantasized, or tried to become in the business at some point, whether it's singing, acting, dancing, making people Music. laugh, comedy, whatever. Music, yeah. And it, but they're all, if you think about it, they're all equally as competitive and they're all very intense and they're all very cutthroat and they all make you feel the highest of highs, but also the lowest of lows. Because when you're not working, you feel oh. like, oh my gosh, am I going to work again? And I think it was Anthony Michael Hall said, you're only as good as your last job. And I'll never forget that because we can ride that wave, that high, so to speak, for you know several, hey, two to three weeks, but you start getting into mm. that fourth or fifth week with nothing Nothing coming your way, no opportunities, no one's calling you, you're waiting, nothing's happening. It tends to take a toll on, like you said, on this up here. And you mm. can, it's impossible not to. It's really difficult. It's one of the hardest part I think about this business is the feelings of hopelessness because there's nothing in your control when things aren't going your way. And most of the time they are not going your way. That's just the reality of it. But, you know, coming into the business, having a reasonable expectation, you know, writing out your, your goals saying, Two indies, one commercial, one co-star. And you know what? Half of that shit maybe got done. But that was, for me, it was like, if I book one thing, especially in the early days as a co-star, that's going to get me for another year, just another yep. year to just stay here, right? You know, and yes. but the fact is, when you have the fourth and fifth weeks a million times, for me, at many points, it was the fourth and fifth months. Yeah. You know, as as far as like not getting the agent that I was hoping for, or maybe it's been a long time since mm. a TV show, like, but it, you know, to understand that, you know, Joel Gresh, I, I met him first gig on set and he said, dude, I don't know where my job is coming from. My next job, I have no idea and I have to work. So I'm like, oh, good. Yeah. That's what this is going to be like. Okay. At least I know. Oh, yeah. I think we, we have some sort of warning going into because we've heard the, the stories and everybody saying, hey, you just got to ride that wave, have something else going on, keep your time occupied doing other things, whether it's going to the beach, doing something, doing playing music, going to mm -hmm. shows, keeping your mind off that. Because if you, again, if you just stay at home and wait for the phone to ring, that's what you're doing. You're waiting and then it never happens. But if you're out doing things and staying productive, staying busy, yeah. go to the gym, take care of yourself, raise those endorphins. They're all little tips that really do help a lot and i think we all need i don't care because even if you're at the level at this level you're past the co-star phase now you're in the guest star phase and you're in the now you're in the guest star phase you've already done that now you're in the you know the recurring phase now you're in the series regular phase but then oh my gosh my show is my show going to get canceled what do i do when it does get canceled what am i going to do next it never stops it never gets to yeah. a point where yes yeah. i'm great because you're never great in your own mind you always like huh, you're seeking something great and it never happens it comes in little spurts here and there but it's never quite the greatness that you've wanted that you achieve. And I, I try to hold on to that now as long as I can, because I know it will disappear in a week. That's just how it is. Well, you do this for long enough. You expect these things and also to expect those fourth and fifth months. You do it so often. It's like, I'm going to work again. I always do. Yeah. Maybe it's a year, maybe it's six months, maybe it's three months. I always will. But you know, I was just taking a session today and I was telling my student like, this is all just part of it. And when you're working, that's when you're supposed to work. And when you're not working, that's when you're not supposed to work. And this is a yeah. time to go to the beach. This is a time to pick mm -hmm. up that instrument or to go home and hang out with family. It welcome it just as you would an actual job is when you're not working time for war, time for peace, time, to, yes. you know, time for everything. And, and as you get older in this business, or at least when you know, you cruise some years, you realize that 
it's just this the whole time. It's ups and downs, ups, downs, ups, downs. So at the down, at the at the very deep valley, it's like, yeah, but the mountain's coming. It always does. You have to keep telling will. yourself that. I absolutely believe that. And I think we get little gifts and little signs from God telling us you're on the right track. You're on the right path. It's fine. It's good. Here's a little gift. Here's a little co-star. Here's a little fun commercial. Here's something. Here's a new agent that you're excited to be with. There's something, little treats right. that you get along the way. And I, I really right now am, in, am trying to enjoy the downtime. I like, I love naps. Mm. I love to sleep in. I love having a God day where there's you. nothing to do. It's amazing. Isn't that great? When you open up it. your phone and there's nothing on the on the thing calendar, it's like the best, the best feeling. It the is a great feeling. feeling. I wish I could have captured that old me several years ago and told him, hey, hey, David, let's enjoy these times of silence. Enjoy this time of nothing you know and it's just i but i couldn't i felt like i had to do something at all times and if it's an hour wasted it's, it's something it's i'm not going to go where i need to be but now i really I love know. that peace and quiet it's i'm enjoying it a lot what else would you tell your younger self oh sorry sorry adam i'm gonna let adam go ahead, talk adam. for one yeah for adam, one ahead, second <laughs> and I, he's not gonna talk anymore after this it's gonna be no, I'm <laughs> adam i'm so sorry dear i'm sorry i'm just so interested in talking to him Go ahead. David, talk to us about when things did start to pick up and what was there? That was my next question, there? Adam. I swear to God. No, well, I got to it first. Well, I got to it first. Was there anything going on in your life that like spurred on, you know, starting to for things to pick up for you or, you know, to when success started to come? I was to the point. You always had these stories of people like, "Oh, I was living in my car," or "I was t- I was going to move back home," or "I was down to my yeah." Last if you're not dollar. homeless, then don't answer. Don't answer that, yeah, because you can't compete yeah. with that. I mean, it's unless you were homeless, then it's kind yeah, of boring. Don't even answer. Next question. No yeah, kidding. No. <laughs> no, go for it. No, I, I just, I just, I, I basically forgot about everything about the outcome. I forgot about. I, the expectations. I just knew to myself, you know what? This probably isn't going to happen. Let me just have fun from now on anyway. I, it, it's clearly not going to happen for me. And I'm okay with that. That's fine. Let me just how many years keep going into in LA rooms. did you? How many years into LA did you come across this revelation? Five years. It took me five this years of going fifth. out. Oh. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Zero bookings. Uh-huh. Nothing. And again, like I said, I was with one of the best agencies out here that was getting me out three to four to five times a day. I remember one time I went out eight times that day, driving around to La Brea to Hollywood, to the Valley, to back to Santa Monica, back to LA and going from cop to doctor, to office guy, to quirky dude. To, it, was, it was just all with a map. I'm going over the sides. Everything is nailed in as it should. And then getting home and then like anything else, zero results, nothing. And then just like, what is wrong with me? You know, I would listen to the guys, even though I shouldn't, because that makes you even more nervous. What they're doing in there, what's what's right. what's their secret? What's going on here? And I think what happened, the best thing I've ever done is uh, a casting director, a friend of mine, Bridget McBride, super awesome. She said, listen, what are you doing Friday? Um, I wonder if you can come in and help me with this read and just uh, help me be a reader uh, for, uh, for the talent coming in. And at that day, we saw about 70 different actresses coming in. And I'll never forget it because I learned so much that day and not so much what to do, but what not to do, what not to bring in the room, which is your baggage, why you're late, why you haven't studied, why you haven't prepared. Sorry, I'm not off book. Sorry, I'm a little nervous. I had to, I had to pay the meter. And I just got a ticket in the way here. My kid's out there and I'm only getting, she's only getting watched for two minutes. Sorry. Yeah, you can hear the kid crying. All these things that were just 
these roadblocks that they were putting in front of themselves versus the ones that walked in that were like, hey, yeah, any questions? Nope. Let's just play. Let's have some fun. Well, okay, great. I mean, confident, in control, just bringing in the best version of themselves, thanking them for their time. Thank you, guys. That's great. And then whoa, whoa, uh, we're not done. Actually, we want to see you read for this other part, too. Uh, yeah, okay, we can do that. And again, just very calm. I was thinking I need to channel that energy. I need to channel whatever they're David, doing. David, like you're, this is a, one of the most common responses is when you went to the other side of the room and saw it all with the veil opened. You saw everything. You saw all the things that they were doing right, all the things that they were doing wrong. You found out what it felt like to be in an audition room without any pressure. Why? Because you're there just reading yeah. and you're there and, and you see the room in a completely different way. You're forever changed after that. That's exactly what happened to me in New York with Marcy Phillips. So many guests that we've had. Or something. Oh, it's, it's when everything changed for me. I stopped caring. Yeah. It was a pleasure. It was fun. You saw how the winners did it. You saw how the losers did it. And you were forever it's changed. That, it's that magic curtain that gets opened up in front of your face, whether it's five years, yeah. 10 years. I always tell people, if you can get up there and get behind it so the nerves aren't there anymore, you're just, even as an observer, I don't care if you're bringing coffee to everybody in the room, something to where you can be in that room and see what they're doing, see what they're doing right. And these are years of experienced veteran actors that have been doing this forever. So I knew coming in, oh, I, I recognize that girl. I've seen her on The Office. Or I recognize that guy. I've seen him on that one TV show that I love. Or that guy's got all these commercials running. So they're doing something right. Let me channel into what they're doing and you know, not steal what they're doing, of course. But you know, you as they say, borrow from your predecessors. You you kind of live and learn like, okay, well, you know what? I love the calmness that he brings in. It's not arrogant, but it's very calm. It's very relaxed. Like he's, there's not a shred of nerves in this guy. I want that. I need to have that guy. So I did a lot of praying, a lot of just like really kind of wanting to be at that level. And I knew the only way that was going to happen is if I would just keep doing this and again, repetition, keep going to these rooms. And eventually there was never like an aha moment of like, well, I'm not nervous, but it was a slow, gradual thing of like, wow, this is really nice. I'm not their nerves are gone. Now I'm able to really tap into what I do because um, there certainly wasn't any niche that I had because there was I was too nervous to have any niche. I was just reading dialogue on a script right here. This is what I was going to say. Oh my gosh, I can't wait for this to be over. Okay, and scene, bye. I, I just wanted to get the hell out. I wasn't. It wasn't delivering anything of substance. It wasn't delivering anything that was going to make anybody laugh. If anything, they're probably laughing like this guy and how bad this guy is. I was terrible. <laughs> terrible but you uh, got to go behind the curtain and see that thing that you know to be honest the majority of actors never get to experience and you know you certainly auditioning it's you and maybe one or two other people in the room you don't know what other people are doing when you know they're seasoned actors who are doing this constantly and maybe they've been going to that office for years and years and years and they just have a shorthand with the casting director and you just watch yeah. them be pros and you're like oh why well, actors don't get to see this you know no. it's so behind yeah. closed doors and it's it's different for everybody so what a, a fantastic opportunity to get to experience that and just watch and soak in and be like, Oh, now I get it. Now I you get know, it. And just yeah, have I, it. Yeah. Yes. And I think we will all have those aha moments of getting it, whether it's a slow burn, slow, you know, successful thing or just an overnight cling, there's a light bulb. I got it. Um, that was my, and like I said, first moment. we've had so many guests on the show who have had this where it's like, 
I was a reader out of college and that just changed everything. And, and, it, and it was all an association, an associate association with the French woman, Bridget McDonough, <laughs> the, the, the casting <laughs> director, you know, like, it was that association that got you in however you met her, whether it was through a workshop or a networking event, or it was your friend from a class or whatever. Um, for me, it was, I took a workshop. Marcy Phillips was there. She has my information. So she reached out to me and asked me. So it was, you don't get into the room to do that unless you know the person, unless you get out there. So, um, yeah. you know, that's very, very important, of course. Um, so um, I know Adam was asking about when things kind of turned for you, but can I ask where things are for you now? Um, are you at the precipice or the summit of a new um, level? Uh, are you excited about what's to come? Um, what's the status of like where you are with acting in general? I try to keep it really exciting because, again, the more you do this, the more you get. Like I said, I really also I enjoy the time off. So I'm not quite as like I'm not putting any pressure on me. So I like this next chapter, like I said, because I'm not really the old me would have had a list a mile long of like what I need to do, what I need to accomplish, goals, tangible oh, goals, so it. forth. You know what I mean? And now I don't put that pressure on me anymore. I'm just happy and humble and grateful for every little thing that comes my way. I don't care if it's a small co-star. I don't care if it's an amazing guest star or I just it's if I can enjoy doing it and be there. And, you know, I, I, I just I love every every little part of it from the, the you know the free food the craft services the you know <laughs> everything that's bit. tommy's favorite part it's all, hands down that's one of my favorites man I, you know you kidding me you're gonna cook <laughs> and i get to eat for free okay i mean it's just one of those things where i'm enjoying every bit of it and i, I always i always say it's like playing the lottery we you know we're scratching every day we could have this amazing ticket right in front of our hands that could change our entire year our entire career put us up in front of the right people the right show uh, and it can happen tomorrow. And that's the excitement for me is not knowing what's going to happen. Just checking your email. Ooh, what's this one? Oh, okay. Oh, wow. Look at this one. Oh, great. This is perfect for me. And it's that right role that's written almost. It seems like it's speaking to you. Like this is written mm -hmm. for me. This is right in my wheelhouse. This is the type of comedy that I love. Oh my gosh. And then I enjoy, I just try to enjoy the process of putting it on tape, getting a reaction, planting that seed, whether I book it or not, that's irrelevant. It's just let me put my best foot forward and let me get you this tape in. You just sent it to me an hour ago. I want to have it to you within the hour, and I want it to be the best I can be. That way, I've at least made an impression. So if I don't book this job, that's fine. At least you're, I'm on your radar now for something else that might be right for me, or may not, you know? And even if you don't get it, it's still an opportunity to work the muscle of memorizing. You yeah. still get to act that day, right? You're still yeah. doing it. And yeah, there's look, there's plenty of auditions that come in, and you're like, you know, I don't really, would I like to book it for, you know, for a credit and a paycheck? Sure. Is this going to like change my life? Is it going to be like the best thing to ever have on my reel? Probably not. Like yeah. it just won't be. However, you know, it's a page. It'll take me 10 minutes to get this on tape. It's going to work the muscle of memorizing. It's another thing for that casting director to see. I'm not going to like yeah. botch the tape, you know, and it's just, why the fuck not? You know, unless yeah. it's a show you are absolutely dying to be on and you're like, I just don't want this to be that role. I would like, you know, to try and go out for something with a little more heft to it. Just fucking mm. do it. There's no harm in it. You get to. Oh, yeah, yeah. exactly. It's like the, the I, Kevin yeah. Bacon thing. He was just doing 
Kevin Bacon was it's, well. There's a reason why they have that. What that that um, what's that saying? It's uh, separation. Six degrees Kevin Bacon, of separation. Six degrees of separation. Thank you. Yes. So there's a reason because that guy was on anything and everything from TV shows to commercials to everything. And I loved his approach because he just, he would just he loved to work. Who doesn't? We all love to work. Well, it's like um, like a, if you had a painter, a professional painter, he's got art and museums and all that stuff. Do you think he wakes up and just like doesn't paint? He paints every day he paints and every day he knows that likely this thing is not going to be going up to a museum. It's one in every hundred that he does is a masterpiece. So it's like this is just the practice. This is the we get yeah. to practice. I'm not saying yeah. go to yeah. baseball practice. It's we get to practice in the ritual of the thing that we do for a living. And yes. for life, you know, and, you know, I want to be like a great basketball player just because of what happens when you're right. playing the game. It's all the in-between shit. It's all the you know, gym he you're was, hitting. It's all was, the practice. It's all the scrimmage, all that shit. All yes. that makes you really, really good when it is game time. When it's like, game time. I, why is he the greatest? Because he was he was he was there a, an hour before everybody when they were expected to be there and he was there an hour after when he was expected to leave and there's no coincidence you know and i i have to i'm not very like sports related in my life but i really do feel like acting sports you know you can really look at it from or like a lawyer like they're prepping a case guess what they're not getting paid to prep the case they're they're Getting, they're just doing it every single day and working really, really hard and knowing the material inside and out. Well, how about I, how about I attack that audition with that kind of preparation? Um, oh, it's all know, the, and, like and you I said, did, it's all the man hours. Yeah, it's all the man hours yeah. you put in prior to that that get you ready for that moment. And I think it's also it's also really helpful to have what I call like a team of like supporting loved you know family members. I've got an amazing mother and stepdad who I talk to all the mm. time. I got it. I love you know, my wife is the same way. She's on, they're all on like, so to speak, I guess my little team where they're supporting and encouraging. And if I don't get the, the answer or the yes, I wanted, Hey, you know what? Well, you got this. You're going to keep going, keep going. There's never any like doubt. And I've had my share of that, the haters and all that, you know, the, the haters are that like, you sure you're doing the right thing. Not that they're hating, but they're just more of a realist. Yeah. Uh, maybe the glass is mm-hmm. a little half empty. And they're like, I don't know if this whole thing is for you. I, I would have given up years ago. I don't know how you do it. Well, thank they you sound for your support. Yeah, you must be crazy. <laughs> Those are the I would have quit years. Yeah, yeah. But I right, think right, it's right. very important to have a support system around you that really believes in you and can kind of lift you up a little bit when you have those moments of like, oh man, like, because there's diff- so many different levels of rejection. Like I said, you, you didn't get it, or maybe you did get it, they love you, and then you shoot it, and then you get cut out. I mean, there's so many different levels, like I said, where it's like, oh my gosh, really? Okay, here we go again. Yeah. So I almost to the point where I got to where I just expected to not to make to not make it to, to be cut out and then anything that was left i'm like oh cool there i am right on so it makes you really like oh good i did it okay but i stopped telling people yeah. about my my success in my bookings until it's out there me too me too you know? i never make the call i would i used to call and and report like the biggest audition of my life and now it's like there, there will be a movie that a cousin will be seeing me in and they're calling my dad or somebody or my mom in this instance. And they're like, I didn't even know he was in there. Well, because I didn't know if I would actually like be in it or not. Because Yeah, I'm I didn't tell anybody for a reason. My... Right, 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 right. I, I, I've been doing premieres where I've gone and I you know, clearly think I'm going to be in a thing and I'm cut out. I'm like, 
I know. Okay. And it's oh that God. walk of shame of walking out like, I hope no one sees me. Well, oh my gosh, because <laughs> I'm not even in and I got cut out on my scenes. Right. So it, it really is humbling, like I said. And, and, I, and you and you like, do, and you don't get to you don't get to access the red carpet because you're not actually in the film. Like now, nah, I'm sorry. Like you're not like <laughs> yeah. part of it. So no, you take like, it oh, personal, God. of course. But again, it really keeps you on a different level of appreciation. So when you do get those little yeah. treats and those gifts along the way and those bookings, it, it's even sweeter. As they say, you oh. got to experience the sweet, you know, the sour to, to to really appreciate the sweet. And you really do. There's some truth to that. Totally. Totally. Same with the light and the darkness, you know, um, those ups and downs that we talked about. Your your perspective is wonderful, David, really. And I, again, I admire that the rocky road that, that was at the beginning. Um, and to see now that, you know, what a what a slew of credits, especially in the last five, six years. Um, you know, things seem to be picking up for you. And what would happen if you you did the same thing and dropped out and said, I'm I'm gonna I'm off to to other pursuits. You know, it's amazing that, what, yeah. what can be accomplished when you just well, keep I think going. I, and I also wonderful. still I still see myself as that guy that's not really where he needs to be, where he's at. And I don't I try to look at myself from a fresh pair of eyes sometimes and really be like, wow, thank you, God. Oh, this right. feels really nice. But I still see myself as the like the nerdy kid that's not really, you know, doing much. Well, okay, I'll keep I think trying, we though. all do. I think we right? all do. And it's it's up to us to look at everybody feeling that way, yet they're awesome, and say, oh, that's the false. That's just – we've been in our bodies since those awkward years, and yeah. we forever will kind of – feel that way that's just part well, of because it. there's more awkward years yeah. to relate to there's more awkward years of that right moment versus the years of like this is amazing because there's only a handful of right. those days so of course if you're <laughs> you know if if you're eating the same food every single day fettuccine alfredo which is great and you get a nice little steak it's like oh oh this is kind of nice of course we're gonna right. but we're we're so used to the fettuccine alfredo that might be a little soggy a little bit oh okay i guess i'll just take it what i'm used to exactly, exactly. <laughs> but you really you uh, do appreciate the, the better meals <laughs> you really do and you have many to look forward to i think that you're only getting started i mean if you if you at home are are looking um david up you know he's got at least 50 credits on imdb and you know you're still although we're both old homebodies we've still got many many years in this business and i can tell that there's wonderful things to come so um anything coming up for you david that that you might be able to legally div divulge <laughs> uh yeah i just finished um i think one of your guests harvey um i think you had harvey yeah. on didn't you recently yeah 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 uh -huh. yeah yeah we just uh did a film called uh cursed friends forever he is hilarious had a little fun scene awesome. with him awesome uh yes yeah, super i mean gift i just i think i was just watching him on uh was it reacher recently before mm -hmm. i worked with him and i was like this this guy is so funny just one of those naturally gifted guys that just has yeah. that that gift for comedy you know and it's i love it i like being around people like that and just seeing their career kind of just go and just explode and skyrocket which is well deserved because again someone like that who's done his hard time and it's just really mm. it's something special i really like that i i try to soak in as much as that as i can um it's just to me it's one of those things where i think the old version of us would make it, like I said, kind of competitive. I'm like, oh, wow, why is he getting there? And I'm not, but I look at it more of an inspiration now, like, wow, good for him. This is amazing. And I'm truly happy for people like that around us that are 
that are doing what they love and that are making people listen laugh to his they're... episode. His fucking story is insane. He yeah. is just one of those people. You see what he's doing now and he's just in everything. And it's like, you deserve nothing more than all of this that you're getting. It's just well fucking incredible. Yes, and you're happy you know? for him. You don't look at the posts and think, yeah. oh, this guy's that's Bragging huge Dave, yeah. to get there to get to that point where you're looking you're being fueled by people's success instead of jealous of it understanding that you know it's not about you man it's not about just me like everybody needs to work here and someone i know yeah. is working and they're great you know it it also helps in the in it's the that process shift. when you, you get have to, to be point. in that shift you have to be happy for your yeah. fellow co-workers you have yes. it cannot be a competition because there is so much work out there for every one of us and the only reason there's not going to be work is if you decide to give it up and quit and say i'm done and move back home right. to petaluma or wherever you're moving back to but it's just if you stick it mm -hmm. out there's no reason it can't work it, it has to and it's just you do you like i said you plant enough seeds something's going to sprout throw enough stuff to the wall it's going to stick it may not be the ones that you want to stick initially but eventually more and more things stick the more relationships you build with cast directors the more you put yourself on tape and you put your best foot forward and you're making these great relationships, eventually you get these calls where it's like, hey, I think you're perfect for this. Oh, I don't have to audition. You just want to, oh, okay, oh, really? You sure? Okay. And those moments are just like, oh, our goal. Such a gift. Our goal. Yeah. Yeah. And it never, hardly ever yeah. happens. But when it does, you just feel like this, this, I am doing the right thing. You know, there's a reason why I was suffering and failing for so much because it, it, it got me to this point and it's, it's just it's a wonderful experience so when i hear stories like harvey's and all stuff i'm thinking you, you know that is awesome you deserve it and it's so cool to see yeah yeah and that you know? and that's how we feel about you too you know like seeing wonderful things happen to wonderful people who are good at what they do and who have that incredible persistence and talent and it's wonderful to see you know and and um i'm so glad that you were able to pop on by and and talk to us um you know, if people want great. to follow I, I, you, I love, I love your guys' stuff. Can, I've been seeing your interviews, and I just, thank you. I really, thank you. really adore you guys. I thought this would be a lot. Oh, of fun. I appreciate it. No, big can time, people, big time. Can people look you, look you up on the old Insta, or uh, are you on that? Yeah, it's just uh, my handle's Dynamite Dork. Because <laughs> yeah, I mean, it makes sense because I'm a big dork by nature. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> right. I love it. I'm not that's up there with that's up there with good handles. Like, um, I think it's Brandon Ellis's is like. Uh, that we had on the show. His is like machete thunderpants or something. Just a great <laughs> well, That was my first. It's my a first family try. name. Oh, it, it was taken. <laughs> Who the right, fuck is right. this Brandon Ellis guy? <laughs> no, I'm not that sharp. I couldn't come up with that. I just was thinking, let me just be honest here. I am a dork and I, everything else was taken. So let me just find something. Oh, it's a hit. I got it. Okay. And it makes sense. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh david thank you so much my friend thanks for stopping thank by you guys it's been a lot of fun again. and i'm gonna thank continue you. to watch your guys' content you guys are amazing thank, oh, you, thank david. you thank you yeah take care dave awesome. well, see you guys soon have a great day Bye -bye. yep see you later you too <laughs> what a lovely guy yeah so sweet what a lovely man oh god bless him petaluma they make him real good down there up there over there uh um yeah i really really admire that it ain't an easy road that's for freaking sure right adam show ain't all right no but everybody. it's a it's a it's a perseverance that like you know it's never gonna happen oh, yeah. if you just you know throw in the towel sometimes 
sometimes it's a year for people and sometimes yeah. it's 12, you know, but got to stick but it out. Right. And see. It's got to happen. I mean, if you're good, if you feel that you can do this, this is not, no one knows when things are going to happen. Like I fully expected 20 years it was going to take to even get it to a place where I was a little comfortable. I just knew it. I just had this feeling and that's cool. It's fine. It's part of it, you know? Oh, what a great episode. All right, friends and neighbors, you can find out more about Before the Break and how to become a working actor at workingactorpro.com. Follow us on Instagram at Before the Break Pod and Working Actor Pro. You can check out Adam's stuff at adamdecarlo.com and follow him at that Adam DeCarlo. And you can find my stuff at tommybeardmore.com. Follow me at I'm Tommy, by the way. Don't forget to hit subscribe, leave a rating, and write a review if you like what you heard. Check back next week for an all new episode with an all new guest, Adam. That's it. See you next time. Adios. You've been listening to Before the Break. The hosts are Tommy Beardmore and Adam DiCarlo. Cover art by Amanda June Boucher. Music by Benjamin Sterley. Before the Break is recorded live from Los Angeles and New York City.